Hi, it's Cara Brown, and this is Watercolor Conversations. It's a place where I share my love of watercolor and my seeking, my teaching, my discoveries, the connections I see, and just in general what it's like to be alive at this time here on planet Earth. I hope that this meets a part of you that's longing to be met. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm back with the promised episode about what it takes to capture the light in our paintings, especially in watercolor. And this is inspired by a post from May of 2017, which a link to is in the episode description. And it's full of images. You might really want to go look at this one because I've got lots of of examples of uh, illustrating what it is that I am uh, going to explain. So uh, this episode starts with a little story and I or the post rather, starts with a little story, and I will tell that story, and then what came of it, what follows, what it is that I see it takes to paint the light. So when I had written this was right after I had done Marin Open Studios. It's an annual event where I am visited by people who come to see my art and talk to me about possibly learning from me, and this was a young couple who had come in uh, Trinette and James, and they had been to a color workshop. James had said to me, Cara, what does it take to paint the light? And this is how I know that I'm doing what I was special ordered to do in this life, moments like this, with complete lack of preparation, exactly what it is to say comes to me. It's just delivered. And I said to him, it's four things. And I had never said these four things before in my life, and I'm going to share them here. Painting the light. When you think about it, it's kind of an interesting thing to consider. It's not like painting shapes or textures. It's, it's less definable or describable. It's like a quality, but we do know it when we see it. And it's probably the most frequent comment I hear about this art that is coming through me, that my paintings have captured the light, in quotes. Here are the four things that I said to James that day. The first thing is you must start with the light. All of us in the watercolor community that surrounds me, as do many artists everywhere, use photo references. It's really helpful if what you want to do is to paint the light. Light is fleeting, it's ever-changing, and the camera has this ability to save that light for us as it was in that moment. So looking through photos as potential paintings for the last couple of decades, I've discovered that I have a light meter that lives in the center of me. (laughs) There's a response in my body when a photo has the sense of light that is worth painting. It's like I take a quick breath in, almost surprised by it. There's even a sound. It's like a, (gasps) it's fun because when I wrote that, I couldn't put that in there. But now that I'm recording this, I can do it. I want to be taken by that initial photograph, by the light that it captured. And there's a couple in on the post where you can see one where there is not the light and the other one where there so is the light. 
I just want to say not every single thing that I've painted has shocking light, like one of these photos in that post. But if it doesn't, there needs to be something else that's kind of magic for me. Frosty ice crystals on leaves I painted during the first pandemic year, or the crystals on sugar candies, or raindrops in all of their forms. I've painted several paintings with lots of raindrops that don't necessarily have the light. But whether there's that or there's the light, I cannot fake it. I have tried to increase the contrast in a photo in Photoshop to try to invent that light, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me anyway. I don't have that kind of a brain. If you can, you can go back and listen to the episode. If you haven't yet, where I say that I'm a journalist, I am a journalist. I must witness. So if it's not there to start with, I don't even go there. The second is particular to watercolor, and that is you have to save your whites. Watercolor paintings are the most luminous, the most striking when the whites and the very light tones come from the white of the paper shining through rather than from white paint. White paint has a density, a dullness that reflects light quite differently than white paper. And I think this is particular to watercolor. I, I know that, I mean, I've already said that, but there's something about the fact that we paint on this beautiful cotton paper that it is itself the light source. And it also poses a certain challenge because when we want to have something be really dark, you have to get a lot of pigment, which is challenging to do in watercolor, so much that you completely obscure that light source coming through. So this paper is our light. To support myself in saving my whites, I always start with a strong drawing. I compose digitally using Photoshop, or sometimes I'm just even graced with an image that is just ready to paint. But I don't start with a painting unless I have a drawing, and I don't start drawing that drawing until I know this is exactly what I want to do, or at least what I think I want to do. <laughs> then it takes focus to pay attention as we paint. When I'm heading into a new section of a painting, the first question I ask myself is, what is the lightest color that isn't white? So this has me notice not only what light color I will paint, but what I will not paint, what I will leave white. It takes practice to be able to pay attention to this extent, both in observing our reference image and where we put our brush on the paper. Third, you have to get your darks dark enough. So this is what I was alluding to before. Contrast is what grabs us in a painting. Contrast is what gets the viewer's attention. There's no light without dark. A blank piece of paper is all light, but it's not interesting until we put some darks on it to show us where the light is blocked out by where the light isn't. So creating darks can be a challenge in watercolor. Because it's diluted with water, there's a tendency to have thin washes, which don't create dark darks. What you need to do is not paint straight from the tube. You do need to add water, and there needs to be a solution that you paint with, at least as far as I'm concerned. Your paint should always be fluid, but you need to have enough water and enough paint. There's a little video 
that I have embedded on the post on my website where you can see as I painted the last part of a painting I called Eternal with a dense mixture of paint and water. And I created a smooth layer of paint of black that obscures all of the white paper in one go. So in order to paint the light, you can't be afraid of the dark. And the last thing is kind of the trickiest because it's the most subtle. You have to be very clear about where the light and dark are and the relative lights and darks in between. So mostly what this means is that the lightest parts of your painting must be the only places with the unpainted paper. I find myself pointing this out frequently to the artists in our groups that the light areas in the shadows often need to be made a bit darker than we think they do. We're oriented towards saving our whites, and this is good. But then as we finish, we need to look at the overall sense of lights and darks and evaluate where the brightest parts of your image are. The whitest whites should be the only untouched paper. Everything else should have some amount of paint on it. And there's a little trick that we do sometimes. Uh, we take our reference image and we turn it into grayscale. You can really easily do this on your phone or um, on your photo apps, on your computers. And then you take a photo of your work in progress painting and you do that too. So that you take out the color as a function of what you're doing and you just see that contrast. You see the light and the dark. It's amazing what that will instruct in where you might want to go with your painting. I love that there is a mystery to art, that we can look at a piece of art and wonder, how did they do that? But for those of us who are called to make it, I also love that there's often a way to break it down and dispel the mystery so that at least we can get out of our own way in our own heads thinking that we can't do it. Because that mystery is always there. There's always going to be the uniqueness of this one person at this moment in time making these marks on these surfaces that will bring that mystery. But we can tend to think that we can't do it. And so having an idea about how to break it down really helps us kind of just get to it. The week before I wrote this post, Maria Popova's Brain Pickings, which is now called The Marginalian, included a post which seemed the perfect way for me to finish this whole idea about the light. And it has a lot to do with the world, the world that we're living in these last, I don't know, several years, many years. It's a collaboration by an artist and a writer, and it's a charge for those of us who are drawn to the light. And I have one up in my studio now. There's black and white, there's red, white, and blue, and then there's a rainbow one. And of course, I have the rainbow one. The illustration was done by Wendy McNaughton, and the words are Courtney E. Martin's words. Here's how it goes. This is your assignment. Feel all the things. Feel the hard things, the inexplicable things, the things that make you disavow humanity's capacity for redemption. Feel all the maddening paradoxes. Feel overwhelmed, crazy, feel uncertain, feel angry, feel afraid, feel powerless, feel frozen, and then focus. Pick up your pen, pick up your paintbrush, pick up your damn chin, put your two calloused hands on the turntables, in the clay, on the strings, get behind the camera, look for that pinprick of light. Look for the truth, yes, it is a thing. It still exists. Focus on that light. Enlarge it. 
Reveal the fierce urgency of now. Reveal how shattered we are, how capable of being repaired. But don't lament the break. Nothing new would be built if things were never broken. A wise man once said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Get after that light. This is your assignment. Thank you so much, Courtney Martin, for those words. I am so grateful for you and your creativity. And and they're up and they inspire me all the time. So everybody, we are the light seekers. Artists, go seek it and paint on. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.